Welcome back to the Oral Health Podcast. This is part two of our World Cancer Day series. Now we're going to hear from Emma Riley and Stacey from the Oral Health Foundation. Emma has lots of experience caring for people in end-of-life stages and doing palliative care um, with different cancer patients and helping them take care of their oral health in the last few days of life. She's got some really, really interesting stories and um, I hope that you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Oral Health Podcast. My name is Stacey and I'm here with Emma. Emma, could you tell us a bit about yourself, please? Hi, Hi Stacey. Thanks for um, inviting me on this podcast today. Uh, my name is Emma Riley. I am um, the patron of the Society of British Dental Nurses. I'm an ambassador for the Mouth Cancer Foundation and I like mouths. <laughs> um, I run. I've started running, Stacey, actually. So, um, funnily enough, we are looking, I couldn't run a K before the pandemic. Um, so I've joined a running group and we're actually looking to do uh, a run between the three hospices up here to raise awareness on oral care and everything. So that's, that's coming this, this year, hopefully. So yeah, I'm a runner. That's amazing. So what made you decide to go into uh, dental nursing in the first place? It's not really interesting, really, Stacey, but um, I was one of them really lucky people that left school knowing what I wanted to do. My mum was a dental nurse um, and, she, she, you know, I looked at it and thought, oh, I can do that. And I always I, I, I always mentioned saying that the, the actual careers advisor at the time told me, don't do that. It's not very well paid. It's not very fulfilling. Um, so, but that didn't put me off. I was really lucky that I knew what I wanted to do. Um, I should also say that I got into it at 15 and was never, I'm not the best dental nurse in the world. If you ask anybody who worked with me, they'll probably tell you the same. I'm enthusiastic, but I wasn't technically the best, but I knew I wanted to do something within oral care. Uh, didn't want to be a hygienist, didn't want to take it any higher than that but knew that was the role that I wanted to do working within uh, dentistry and yeah that's what I did I made I made as a good of a job as I could do without setting the world alike but loving it. Have you ever had any patients whose story has really stuck with you while you've been doing it because you seem to have really enjoyed it so maybe you've made some great impacts through that? I mean, from doing it from 15 to the age of what am I now this year? I'm 53 this year. Um, I think our patients, every one of them, leave a mark on you. Um, just rebuilding people's mouths and making them being able to smile again is absolutely phenomenal. I think the, this area of the human body doesn't get the recognition that it deserves. And we throw so much at it every day. We just expect it to be there and do its job. So when you do lose a tooth or you crack a filling or you you get an ulcer that's that's been a little bit cheeky and a little bit naughty it does affect your mouth but I think the one patient who has touched me as as was my one of my last patients within the Pennine Acute Trust where I used to work and he was he won't mind the family won't mind me saying it his name is Roger I still speak about him today we wrote an article for um community nursing about Roger and it was his story with mouth cancer and unfortunately, um, he did pass from mouth cancer, but without, he gave it a really good fight. And yeah. um, he still is with me today. And I, and I actually think the talks that we do mention in Roger's, we call it Roger's story, still is saving lives because it, you know, it, it highlights um, that condition. But yeah, he's the one who 
can still get me a little bit tearful even even many years later yes yes I'm very sorry to hear about that and you have mentioned like how ulcers uh, can be a little bit cheeky it's very (laughs) very easy to just put them off and just say oh it's only been there a week you know but obviously if they go on for a longer period of time you do want to get them checked out because it can be a symptom of mouth cancer um what would you say are the other things to look out for that you've noticed during your career within my career and i must stress i was was nearly going to say i was only a dental nurse but can i can i just say that we are the biggest dcp group and we are really important as far as um highlighting the, the the causes of mouth cancer and the things to keep your eye on and we might come across somebody who something's not quite right in there and i would always say to anybody it's if you've got any changes in your mouth that feel different to you um you know the human body is a, is a fantastic thing and if, if if there's something wasn't right anywhere else on the body we would get in touch with the doctor or whoever our eye if we had something that didn't feel quite correct in our eye we are straight to get it looked at because it's impacting on our health it's stopping us doing things with the with the oral cavity with the mouth that tends to be something that we put off oh, it'll be okay uh, you know and it's we often find it's not till it's really really bad that people go and get it looked at we have got issues with dentists and people being able to get hold of dentists but i would say to anybody even your gp can have a look something does not feel right to you you know your mouth better than anybody we only as healthcare professionals might look in it twice a year once a year sometimes have a look in your mouth give it a check like you would anywhere else on you on the human body and if something doesn't feel right to you we'd rather know about it Yes, absolutely. I mean, I suppose you could even maybe ask a close family member as well to have a look in your mouth, because I think part of the reason, particularly from some of the stuff that I tend to to look at is mouth cancer can be so deadly to people because it's so often diagnosed in later stages. I suppose you might know about some of that during your work. I've worked within the, I'll give them a plug, the Max Fax department at North Manchester <laughs> General. Hello girls and boys. Um, yeah, the, the, the earlier we get it, the earlier we see, well, hopefully like any other cancer, let, let's say it's, you know, cancer's a cancer, but if we can find it at any time, at the earlier we find it, the better. Um, we've come through the last three years. It's, I heard it on the news recently. We're three years from the pandemic, aren't we? From the start of the pandemic. I mean, where has that time gone? And we get yeah, about. And we know. We also know that um, referrals for mouth cancers have complete have really dipped. Um, so we, we, there's a worrying time there. Um, but we need to find them earlier. And I'm dealing with a group at the moment who, who have, we've seen a few cases of it recently in the elderly, um, and they are a group. Mouth cancer doesn't go, I'm not going to visit you, I'm going to visit you, I'm going to, it does not discriminate. And we have got a couple within um, an area I work at the moment of, of elderly with dementia with mouth cancers. And you can imagine that is very, very challenging. So what we're, what we're advising the staff to do there is if there's any subtle changes, Stacey, that maybe that, you know, they, they are they're pointing, picking at the mouth or they're not eating the same way. So what we say to them is we're observing, look, listen and observe to see if there's been any changes. So yeah, you can have somebody, what, what, what do you think this looks like? Does this look right to you like that? But with the elderly, obviously we are, we, we're finding that quite challenging at the moment. 
I suppose that must be very, very hard for um, a family member or a carer if there happen to be a care home to actually look after the person and tend to their oral health if they've got any sort of stuff like that going on. I don't suppose you've got any tips or anything you could maybe... Big shout out for all the care care workers who are working in the residential homes as well, because they we, we are trying to, there's many, many projects across England at the moment on of, of dental staff or oral health educators going in and educating the care staff on how to manage oral care. I personally think, not just because I work within this area, forming oral care on, on a patient, on an individual or resident is the hardest place to clean in the human, it is hard to do they don't a lot of the time they generally don't want you to do it and these staff are the, the heroes these healthcare workers in in residential homes so when we're training with them we we, we go through approach how to look in the mouth we we look in the mouth differently because we're dentally trained and we're used to doing it you know i had to train years just to know the anatomy of the mouth we're expecting this, these staff members just to just to know what they're looking at and be yeah. able to do it so it, it's starting from the beginning talking them through it but for their residents, just noticing if there anything is changing with them, try and get those dentures out. We've, we found one recently hiding underneath the denture because mm. it's the old adage, they've got false teeth, we don't really need to do anything. But as you know, it's the soft tissues in the mouth we need to be looking at. A loose tooth that's just fallen out, pain, unexplained pain. Um, without trying to overcook it, if you understand my meaning, Stacey, without trying yeah. to make it too... But we should be doing a mouth assessment on everybody within our care if we can. Absolutely, yeah. It's so hard to do it in a setting like that. And it's amazing that they're able to do what they actually do. I suppose, especially with dentures as well, you know, especially if it's like full on, they have no teeth. My passion is obviously, um, I, my a lot of my work is with um, cancers. And my age of state, not just with mouth cancer, um, all treatments, some treatments of cancer can affect the oral cavity. And I deal with a lot with palliative care and end of life. But it's not just cancers that can affect your mouth. The, the mouth mirrors your general health in your mouth and see how you feel if, you, if you're anemic, if you TB shows itself in the mouth. So it is noticing those little changes. Yeah. I would just wanted to pick up on that end of life care. How would that differ like say from your average person like what would you perhaps need to do or maybe keep an eye on a bit more so so we do my obviously my I mentioned my my passion is within palliative care end of life and last days of life so just to clear up palliative care means we can't cure you um, mm. so that can mean they they have these symptoms for quite a long time before they enter the other phases um, in their life I mean, I, people have heard me say before, we're all palliative. You know, we're at some point, we're all going to, and it's, it's not a very nice um, thing to talk about, but I personally think that the end of life should be, not celebrated, but should be treated with the same care as birth, birth is. And the mouth goes on that journey. And what we tend to do is dry up the secretions. Um, so we'll, we'll put them on medication to dry up their secretions. Um, especially on the chest so that will mean the mouth gets very very dry um, and when the mouth gets dry that can then lead to like you were saying thrush pain um, the lips can become extremely and dry and cracked and can bleed so what we do encourage the staff to do is to um, get a, a, an oral lubricant prescribed um, so that, the, that, that they can apply the, the gel excuse me to the lips and inside the mouth we, we, we hopefully, if they've got family members with them, 
we we encourage them we show them how to do that because often that can be the last thing that they can do before that person uh, dies and you know the hospices do tend to inherit a lot of these patients with their mouths very very dry with mm. the what we call crusty plugs um some people listening might might relate to this that they have crusty plugs and without you know a lot of people do actually die past with their mouths open so sometimes it can be quite distressing for the relative to look in and see how how dry and crusty we can't cure it stacy it, it can get you know it, it can be very 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 dry but we can work with it so i'd encourage people to maybe speak to the prescriber or the gp and getting a, an oral lubricant prescribed it's only a little bit of gel that they can apply around the mouth and often that is the last thing they can do if they do want their teeth brushing I always use um, a, a non-foaming toothpaste mm. so I can use it on a dry brush because the last thing that I need is, is sitting them up to try and spit it out. You're just wanting to help them pass in a, in a loving way that you're not spending too much time brushing their teeth I suppose towards the end of life when we're saying last days so just keeping the mouth hydrated and lubricated is the main and letting them able to kiss their relatives goodbye. Yes. Those lips are too crusty they won't and I always say that's what makes us human that we do want to kiss that person goodbye and um, it, it's very powerful. Yes. I mean the thing you always want is if if someone has to go is to go with respect and dignity and I think that's one of the best ways we can actually help someone to do that. I had no idea about that dry mouth at the end of the thing I must admit that's really intriguing. <laughs> We're the, getting dry mouth yeah. talking now because we do and I should yeah. mention over the last three years we've all got dry mouths because of wearing masks so our mouths mouths have changed mm. quite a bit um but the medication we tend to put them on will dry their mouth yeah but because they're going through that final stage their mouth does get dry anyway yes. um, and it's not really picked up as a big issue until it becomes a big issue at the end mm. see i'd always um associate dry mouth with just primarily just uh, oral cancer, just because anything around like this area, you can't really see where I'm pointing at probably on the podcast when we do finally get to it. <laughs> but I'm pointing to like, from like my nose down to about my, my collarbone, and it'll affect the salivary glands if you do have anything on it. And um, I suppose uh, I've, I've no, I know some people still to this day having a very dry mouth. It, it can be such a challenge um, directing oral care to different groups and their different needs. I suppose one of the other ways we could do it is um, with maybe like a soft toothbrush. Would that also help? It does, we, we use, um, well, I, I insist on using um, a toothbrush that was actually designed by Adam Brooks, speech and language therapist, which is a small head, a baby head on a longer handle. So a nice soft brush, a non-foaming toothpaste, and the lubricant and, and I think you've re really raised a really I know I know I gravitate to um, mouth cancer sufferers but chemotherapy can affect your saliva you know and that can be a breast somebody with breast cancer somebody who's had other forms of cancer I'm on thyroxine it gives me a dry mouth so you, you we will have people who are on multiple medications that will give them a dry mouth remembering that that will affect their teeth as well so we've, um, the last thing that they need is toothache. The last thing that they need is to have to go, you know, in that palliative phase, I talked to you about the three phases. We want to keep their teeth healthy. Um, we know 
this, the, tr the struggle that our head and neck patients have with their teeth after when I say we've attacked them with therapy, but they're left with quite a bit of work that needs doing. Um, and that legacy is left with them throughout their, you know, throughout their lives. Do they get the amount of support? Probably that's a different, uh, <laughs> that's a different talk, isn't it? The, yeah. the dental support they get moving forward because it's a lifelong problem that they encounter. But we are seeing patients who've had chemotherapy that their teeth have been suffering after breast cancer for many, many years afterwards. Saliva keeps your mouth lubricated. It's got the enzymes that we need in. It does a job. So if it's removed, the mouth does suffer. Yes. You mentioned there about support. Do you know if there is any support out there they can maybe access or any, maybe even any resources they could look at? There's obviously the Oral Health Foundation resources. Oh, sorry, yeah, <laughs> I've got to um, I'm obviously I'm a, I'm a, um, an ambassador for the Mouth Cancer Foundation. I please anybody can have a look on there. Matt Millen have got many many resources for staff members who are, who are dealing with anybody with cancer. I would I would I'd point you in the direction of the UCOMIC guidelines. They are absolutely brilliant. They will give you some advice on what to do with patients who've got. Who are undergoing cancer therapy because some of them get very sore mouth Stacey as well so there's there's things that we can help with that but there are resources out there um, that people can access and just give simple advice the mouth needs to be kept clean and lubricated and hydrated those are the three things we need for a healthy mouth you used to work alongside Macmillan so my role within uh, the Pennine Acute Hospital um, well, I was the Macmillan oral health practitioner um, I think it, I'm sure it was the only role of its kind in the country so they Macmillan adopted me to be an oral health advocate with my little cape on saying let's let's promote oral health um, since I moved away from Pennine we are trying to get other um, dental professionals adopted by Macmillan because I always think that we have Macmillan professionals for everything why haven't we got them for the dental profession as well so I still um, work alongside the hospices advising hospices on oral care so my I'm still carrying on with that writing articles and resources for it so yeah I'm still involved heavily with especially with palliative end-of-life um, groups. Um, is there anything else you would like to say any final pearls of wisdom I, I think watch your mouth I think that's probably the last thing I'd say you know I, I think I've I think my passion comes across I hope it does for this topic because it is so important um, and you know if we if we had a lesion anywhere on our body like I said to you before we'd get it checked out if we had a major operation on our leg or our arm we would be told to rest it we would have physio, we would be slowly back into it. When anything's done to the mouth, the next day you've got to crack on. You've got to eat, you've got to drink, you've got to speak. Da -da. I just don't think it gets the, the attention and that it deserves a lot of the time. It is a fantastic area of the body and also impacts on everything, nutrition, hydration, us as people. Um, so yeah, have a look in, please, please, you know, within your, any, any dental staff out there, please, you know, encourage people to look in their mouths, even the ones who've not got their own teeth um, and watch this space for anything we're doing within res residential homes, because I think that that is going to be quite an area that needs, they need support out there where this is concerned. Yes. I mean, there's just so many 
side effects of mouth cancer that we might not even register in our minds as to why could maybe entail for us further down the line. You, you bearing in mind that, you know, a few of my patients at Penine had total glossectomies, had the tongues removed, and you can't even begin to put yourselves in the shoes of people who've, who've, done, who've had that done and then to, you know, change their lifestyle and have to deal with that moving forward. Um, I, I've done a poem for, for the, the Society of British Dental Nurses on mouth cancer and I'll, I'll send it to you um, and it, I, I've called it the, un, the unwanted visitor and there is a paragraph in it that says I will be there every time you kiss your wife or your partner you'll be thinking of me every time you have a meal you'll be thinking of me every time you try that red wine you'll be thinking of me I never go away and I think that is what it does because it's so personal. I, I, I think I think mouth cancer affects the soul of the person as well. So the earlier we can catch this disease, the better. Yeah, it's got such a psychological impact on so many people. And as you said previously, this does not discriminate. It can strike at any age. In fact, um, a little while ago in the news, we had uh, a lovely young lady actually who was 25 I believe when she first got mouth ulcers and she thought it was because she was stressed and dentist agreed she was just like you look far too young but eventually got a biopsy done and when she's about 26 discovered she had mouth cancer I mean you just you cannot just go this mouth cancer sits in this box it can happen to anyone so definitely definitely have it checked out I think that's one thing we have learned over the years because I mean I'm I'm nobody can see me I'm bobbing on a bit age-wise but when when I first started they and it still is this group we still have to watch smoking and drinking as the major contributing factors to mouth cancer but there was a certain group that we we who who seemed to have mouth cancer they were the higher risk groups it does not discriminate at all a young so you, you're talking somebody very very young in my eyes and then we're talking a 90 year old who 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 lost recently with a fungating tumor no by the way no risk factors nothing this lady and it does not discriminate so don't think for one minute it, you know it won't but we we check our breasts we check other areas of our body we should be look get to know your own mouth i think is what i would advise anybody to do know the inside nobody knows your mouth better than you mm. Just before we end, is, is there anything else you'd like to put out? No, or just thank you. No? Yeah, no, thank you so much. Um, have a look on your website for all your resources and especially the Mouth Cancer Foundation. And if anybody wants to get in touch with it about care homes uh, and wants to join the Mouth Cancer Foundation on how we're trying to tackle the care home issue. Um, when, I, when I say care homes, remember care homes are for anybody over the age of 60 and 53. The elderly groups are over 60s in these care homes. So I think sometimes we think of people in their 80s and 90s being in care homes, but I'm seven years off that. So um, <laughs> I, again, I think um, we need to look at um, this, this particular group. And there are people with dementia who are getting dementia a lot younger. So Hi. yeah, if anybody wants to get in touch, I'll send you those articles and the poem. It's not a very good poem, Stace, but I like it. So you can- <laughs> 
I should also mention the Swallows Charity. I'm so sorry I forgot the Swallows Charity. Give them a shout out because Chris is doing fantastic work with them as well. Brilliant. Thank you right. very much. Oh, thanks um, for having me. I enjoyed thanks, that. Thanks for being on. <laughs> So remember, for more information about oral health and cancer, you can go to dentalhealth.org, as well as we will link all of the resources that Emma mentioned in the description below. Uh, you can follow us on social media at dentalhealth.org or on Instagram, we are at oral health foundation or dentalhealth.org on all the other things. Thank you and come back next week.